Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered. Or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For season three, I'm focusing on the importance of social connections and the positive effects relationships can have on our happiness and well-being. Studies show that when we feel more connected to each other, we have lower levels of anxiety and depression. Each episode this season, I'll invite a guest whose connection and friendship has brought happiness into my life. Some I have known for years and some I've just met. My guest today is Brian Renfrew. Brian and I have known each other since we were kids growing up in Fairbanks, Alaska. Both of us went away to college and our lives have diverged in different directions. Brian's passion was hockey, and he has had an incredible career that has spanned almost 30 years, including playing, coaching, and now scouting. I've always admired Brian and loved that when I reached out after having not seen him for over 25 years, he remembered me and was happy to be a guest on my show. The last time I saw Brian was when his college hockey team the Western Michigan Broncos, came to play the University of Alaska at Fairbanks, Nanooks. I was home visiting from college, and my dad took me to the game. Brian was their goalie, and he made a spectacular save at one point in the game, and I jumped out of my seat to cheer. People around me were looking at me like, what are you doing? Don't you know that's the other team? I didn't care. I was there to watch Brian. I'm looking forward to talking with Brian again and hearing what's been brightening his day. The first thing that's brightened my day is reconnecting with one of my teachers from high school, Mr. Richards. It came as a complete surprise and shows the power of relationships in our lives. A call came through on my cell phone and the ID said Tom Richards. It didn't ring any bells, but I noticed the area code was 907 which is Alaska, so I was intrigued, but I let it go to voicemail. When I listened to the voice message, I almost dropped my phone. It was Tom Richards, and he said, if this is the Lisa from my Algebra 2 class, please call me back. (laughs) And then it clicked in my head who it was, Mr. Richards, one of my favorite high school math teachers. So I called him right back. And he said he had read my dad's obituary and was saddened to hear that he had passed away. Unbeknownst to me, he and my dad, both being math teachers and sharing a mutual love for math, had stayed in touch through the years. Mr. Richards had appreciated me as a student and mentioned that my dad always beamed when he shared things that I was up to. I was really touched by Mr. Richards reaching out to me after all these years and by the kind memories and words he had for my dad. He also shared that he lives in Arizona now, and I don't know if I'll ever talk to Mr. Richards again, but that conversation will be cherished in my mind for many days to come. The second thing that has brightened my day is performing live music again. 
Our choir has been virtual for the past two years, and we finally got approval to hold a live concert. It has been so much fun to see everyone and make music together again. Being able to produce virtual performances has been incredible, and it's grown our audience base substantially. But nothing beats standing next to my fellow choristers and hearing our voices blend together in song again. We do have to wear masks while we sing, which I don't love, but it's a small price to pay to be singing together to a live audience. And to continue the theme of amazing connections, I found out that one of the members in the leadership pod I'm coaching this year has a partner who sings in my choir. We're both sopranos. When we connected the dots, we just laughed. It is a small world. The third thing that has brightened my day are puppies. If you listened to season two, episode 13, A Silent Night, you know that we are on a list to get a pug puppy. We found out that three of the pug mamas had puppies. One mama had seven, but one died. One mama had nine, and one mama had two, and one died. It's heartbreaking to think of a tiny little puppy being born and then just not breathing. But we're also rejoicing that 16 lucky families are getting a puppy soon. And Arya did the math. And since we were 43rd on the list, now we've moved up to 27th. Woohoo! Waiting is so hard, but watching the videos of these little puggies nestling with their mamas and siblings is precious. The mama that only had one puppy survive has taken on some of the other puppies from the mama that had nine. She's sharing her milk to keep all those puppies alive. There's joy and heartache in the circle of life, but it is a beautiful thing. Oh, and did you know that a group of three or more pugs is called a grumble? It doesn't seem like a very appropriate name for so much cuteness. There's no grumbling about it. My guest today is Brian Renfrew. For the past 10 years, Brian has been a scout for the Winnipeg Jets, a professional ice hockey team that competes in the National Hockey League as a member of the Central Division in the Western Conference. Brian travels all over North America and Europe, recruiting top-rated players in the world and getting them in the correct order for the Jets draft list. Brian was born and raised in Alaska, but has called Michigan home for the past 20 years. He played college hockey at Western Michigan and spent four years playing minor pro hockey before becoming a college hockey coach. His coaching career spanned over 13 years at various schools before landing him with the Jets. Brian and his wife, Michelle, have been married for 25 years, and they have three daughters, with their youngest a senior in high school. I have known Brian since third grade, and we grew up about five houses down the street from each other. I have always admired Brian's talent and success. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Lisa. It's always great to reconnect from people from Alaska. I've always been proud of where I've come from. And we always talk about a small world and in yeah. a small world of hockey. Anytime you run into somebody from Alaska, somebody <laughs> needs seems to know somebody and you always have a point of conversation. So I've, I've used Alaska and everything I've done as an icebreaker. doesn't matter where I'm at. and People always want to know about it. I still have family up there. My older brother's there. My parents are back and forth, but I always look forward to when I return, even when it's a short trip. So I'm really curious. I love how hockey is still so much a part of your life. And 
being a scout for hockey, I'm curious about how connection and relationship, which is the focus of this season on my podcast, how important is that in you doing your job and doing it successfully? I actually find kind of two parts of it. I mean, when I was done playing and I got into coaching and being a college hockey coach, I mean, you're, you're creating connections and networking. Actually, it started when I was playing minor pro because usually all those people you play with and coaches, they all go off and their tentacles grow and they spread out over the world in hockey. And it's amazing how many times you reconnect in rinks and stuff like that. So I've always felt that if you treat people with respect, be respectful of them, always honest, the world is round and it comes back to you. Yeah. Now, taking the, taking the relationships I earned or gained when I was a college hockey coach to pro hockey, it's even broadened my horizons, to be honest with you, because in college sports now, you're dealing a lot with what they call as agents or slash advisors, which mm -hmm. is very prominent in college hockey. So when I came on board into the pro hockey scene, I think they were a little bit surprised at my connections and my network amongst the agents. Part of that, dealing with that, is you just got to be honest with those guys. They're always communicating and fighting for their people or their players. And you have to be honest and you can't lead people on. You got to be at times direct and helpful. And probably the most important thing, I think, is, is return phone calls, return emails. Don't leave people out there hanging. and don't avoid it. Carrying that over to my current position with the Jets. I mean, we have. You know, it's a little, I guess it, I'm not in charge of everything, but a little bit of a leadership role when you're lots of communication because you have people, area scouts all over North America and Europe. There's different cultures. There's different way people describe players. And I've found, and I take this from my dad, who's longtime banker in Alaska, is it never hurts to listen. You know, you'll be amazed what you get in return when they feel valued from you. Leadership isn't always about being the best. It's making all the people around you better. Mm. At the end of the day, we're, we're human beings. We have feelings and emotions and how we're feeling profoundly affects how we perform. So it, exactly. it makes sense. I'm fascinated by the work you do, but I got to move on to the point of this podcast. So I'm really eager to hear what are three things that have brightened your day? Number one for me over time here has been my family. Mm -hmm. You know, I got three daughters. My wife and I sacrificed a lot, tried to pass it forward like my parents did with me. I have my oldest daughter as a dance major, you know, in ballet. My middle one plays college lacrosse and my youngest one's going to be a college pole vaulter. You know, we've tried to let them do what they've all gone their different avenues and done their thing. But bottom line is my family. When I was a college coach, they're heavily involved with me. And when I was recruiting for a lot of years, they knew what we were doing every Friday and Saturday. It was my games. They knew what our schedule was. Our the end of the day, I was lucky. The world revolved around me. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to step back and be rather fortunate. My, I mean, my wife's a saint. She's at times was a single mom with all my travel and, mm. you know, running all around and things like that. So uh, I do what I do because of them, you know, and I've been really lucky. Yeah. Three daughters, major athletes. Did you have a lot of trips to the ER or were they good and lucky and, and kept healthy? No, overall, my two older ones, you know, had their nicks and I guess the biggest thing with a little bit of back injuries and things like that from what ballet and my middle one was a gymnast for a long time and actually got out of it because of just back issues and got into lacrosse and took off. But it's funny, my youngest one was a high, high level gymnast and same thing kind of got into some back trouble and then got into pole vault and 
she actually broke her leg and had to have surgery doing pole vault, just came down funny and wrong and just a kind of an awkward fall. But I mean, that's the worst of it. And it was bad. She has lots of hardware in there, but she's back at it and has no fear and chugging away at it. (laughs) Most gymnasts, when they quit gymnastics, they either become divers or pole vaulters. And my daughter's like, I don't like water in my face. I'm going to do pole vault. (laughs) You have a beautiful family. You have so much to be proud of and thankful for. I can tell. Thanks for sharing that. And good luck to the girls as they continue to grow and develop. It's amazing. All right. What's the second thing that's brightened your day? You know what? Probably over the last six months, it would be the amount of calls I've received from former players, former people I've been involved with, mentored, whatever, that have sent me a note thanking me for something I've done in the past. That means a lot. You know, like getting invited to players' weddings that I coached. I mean, I don't know if they realize how much it does for me and how I, you know, like it makes you feel good. Yeah. So there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. So there's, I guess it's reminded me to always treat people well, treat people correctly. And also don't be afraid to thank people. You know, if they've helped you down the road, it could be six months. It could be a year later to send them a quick note. Hey, I really appreciate you doing this for me. You know, it's meant a lot or whatever that that is an important piece for me. Like I had, I coached college hockey for 13 years and there are lots of friendships with parents and kids and I get lots of notes all the time and it means a lot. I was going to ask you, so when you help get people on the draft list and then the Jets get them, I'm guessing there is like kind of a care for these players. Do you go and watch them? Do you do you watch them in practice? Do you see like, hey, are they doing okay? Are they are they improving? Are they hanging in there? Or, or do you have to just get them on the list and then go on to the next group? There's a little element of both, to be honest with you, just because the dynamics of the team, you know, like. I still am very happy when they do well. I follow it. I, I'm excited when guys that I had a lot of passion for end up on a spot in our list. Then we yeah. ended up drafting them. And then darn, they make our team. You know, that there's there's lots of that. The one thing you got to remember, it's not all me. We all work together. Like, I, sure. I you know, we, you never want to say he's my guy. I don't, I just don't believe in that. There, everyone puts their work in to get a player on the list, you know, because the way that an area scout might watch a player 10 times, I might only watch him twice. So that's where the listening comes into a part. You know, I might not see him on his best game. So you really got to listen to the area guys. So once they, you get the player signed, he's part of the organization, then it's those players are handed off to a different part of it, which would be development. And then development works and trains and helps them on a daily basis. And then once they move on to the NHL club, then it becomes the coaches and the trainers and people are involved with the NHL club. So I'm part of the preliminary process, the key to enter the door. You you do get excited, but it's not, I mean, I, it's not, I do miss the college side when I coached because that's, I mean, that's, you're with those players darn near every day for four years. So gratitude from players and friends. What's the third thing that's brightened your day? This is a daily thing, Lisa. This would be health. I've had some issues or the hurdles the last five years and just, uh, it's not, sometimes you forget, try not to, but it's good to be here every day. Good to be on the right side of the grass, you know, as I like to say, and (laughs) try to take it one step at a time and try not to take things too serious. I'm on the right side of all the, the hurdles I've had and just look forward to every day and waking up every day and enjoying life. Well, do you have something that has been sort of like a tried and true that 
you've done through the years to stay healthy and energized and vibrant? Like I, I'm dying to know, like what's a hockey player's workout? Do you lift weights? Do you run? Do you meditate? Is there something that you really cling to? It's funny. I would I would probably say when I was younger, there was a lifting element, the running element and all that. But we all get old at one point in our lives and things don't start working. They don't quite work quite as well as they used to. <laughs> My vice, to be honest with you now, and it's with the, some of the medications I'm on and finding time for exercise is the most important thing. I just, I don't enjoy running like I used to. So I still skate. There's a group of uh, guys that live by me that we all played pro hockey or college hockey at a high level. And we skate twice a week in the morning. It's kind of a camaraderie. So the lock, you know, I'm almost 50 years old and still feel good to be in the locker room and talking, you know, and enjoying life like I did my whole life. Probably the two things I love that. I mean, I walk a ton. I probably walk three, four miles a day. Love my dogs. I'm with my dogs out walking and then I ride a bike a lot. Yeah. It's kept me, it's kept me going through this pandemic, to be honest. If I didn't have nice parks and trails by where I live and a treadmill in my house, I don't quite honestly know how I would have gotten through this pandemic because it just, it changes my mood. Our age, it makes you feel better. Yes. I mean, it It almost becomes an addiction. Your world revolves around, oh my God, I got to get on the treadmill and walk for whatever. <laughs> I got to go, you know, I got to take the dogs or I got to do whatever. You know, you got to find time to do it. I need to feel the buzz on my Fitbit when I get to 10,000 steps. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's buzz. amazing. It's a, I don't know how well those things work, but it's given a lot of people goals and got yeah. them off it, you know, and got them on their feet and got them moving. Brian, this has been fun. So I did a little math and I think the last time that I actually saw you, it's been probably about 20 five or 26 years. Okay. So if we, you kindly referred to us turning 50, yes, this is our year. Yep. And so, uh, you know, let's plan in another 25 years, we're going to meet up and we're going to talk about the good days and we're still healthy and we still love our family and we're still appreciating gratitude from people we've influenced. So deal. That sounds like a plan for sure. All right. Thanks, Brian, for being my guest. And thank you for brightening my day. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to brighten your day. To be a guest on my podcast, email me at HiltonLisaB at gmail.com. That's Hilton with a Y. Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.